Welcome to the Space Cave, a big warg to all of you. Hunkered down, hopefully staying safe in your respective domiciles during the mass quarantine. Who knew it would be like this, but hopefully you've got some music, maybe something warm if you're in a cold place to drink, maybe some tea or hot chocolate. If you're in a place with a moderate climate, who knows what are you having. Hopefully you're not drinking too much alcohol, because I think it could lead to... Uh, some negative thoughts, and that can be tough during isolation. Who knows? Maybe I'm wrong there, but um, it's tough practicing good habits during something like this, but hopefully you're finding ways to be somewhat productive, maybe challenge yourself, learn something new, clean stuff up. Maybe if you're healthy and not at all at risk, you're helping out at a grocery store. If you are, share those stories with me. I'd love to hear them. Also, with being here in this quarantine, uh, maybe we'll pick back up with the um, chatting, checking in on people. I've got a little bit better system now with Zoom. Seems to be um, more reliable qual- quality of the call. So um, I'd love to hear how you're dealing with this. And if you have questions or thoughts, our friend Jean Hospod had her mastectomy. If you want to send her some warm wishes, you can find her on Twitter at Jean Hospod. H-O-S-P-O-D. Thinking about her and Ashley and just hoping everyone... Um, that's dealing with their own health. I don't want to say crises, but um, difficulties is is finding ways to manage during this. And um, hopefully uh, that's where people are starting to shift from like, oh no, what's going to happen to me? Am I going to have enough food? Is this going to, how's this going to impact my career, my job, my et cetera? Maybe as you're hunkered in and, and streaming stuff or whatever you're doing, then the thoughts start to shift with like, what can you do to help someone out? Maybe you send them a nice note, you check in on them. People are, you know, making cookies and dropping things off places. Who knows? I'd love to hear those sort of stories if that's what you were doing. And hopefully our little community here can be a source of positive outreach and, um, and a little bit of optimism during a certainly tumultuous time. Uh, my ne- my guest on the, uh, this week, we're doing kind of one at a time as I have more time to podcast now. And uh, two, the uncertainty of what each week is going to hold, it just uh, doesn't make sense to record and break it into two parts. So each episode during this will just be one straight chat. So some of them will be, will be a little longer, which I guess is maybe good. I'll try to keep some stuff in the Patreon as well. Thanks to those of you who do support the show that way. Can't say that enough. Jeremy Ross, who's been extremely kind to this show, referencing or recommending guests and things in the past, uh, upped his Patreon pledge just as a little sign of saying, hey, I'm sure you could use this during that. And I sincerely appreciate it. So thanks, Jeremy. And uh, thanks to those of you who are doing nice stuff like that for others out in the world. We'll get through this. And uh, my guest is a great resource to talk to for things like that because he's got a great outlook on it. Last week was more the science, uh, a little bit of not so much like the nuts and bolts, but just what were we dealing with. This week's a little bit more about uh, the philosophy, the mental state, how to how to proceed through it. And um, if that's of any value to you, 
I suppose it, it is. I hope it is. I think you'll enjoy this. I really did. Here's part one with my friend, Mike Kaplan. Oh, hold on one sec. Let me move my uh, cord to plug in so you don't. Will you talk again? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How's it sounding on your Great. Uh, I hear you and you hear me. Do you want me to also record as a backup my voice? Uh, you can if it's no. I, so far, this sounds pretty good. So I think um, I'm happy to okay. use this. But if you want to um, record yours, just in case there's a, a dropout yeah. at some point, if it's yeah. easy, I'll, sure. I'll do it. I'll start recording now. Great. All right. We oh. are over here rolling. <laughs> and just a brief disclaimer. Uh, my girlfriend just started experiencing some pain and... Uh, if she bursts into the room and needs me to take her to the hospital, I might have to go. But yeah, oh, geez. she said she's she's okay for now, and we're we're moving forward. Well, I mean, that's as good a place to start as any because I feel like one. I've been recommending everyone read *The Plague* by Camus, and I imagine ah. you've read that. I haven't. You have a good imagination, though. I appreciate it. <laughs> I feel like you'd love it. I think in this time, it's uh, appropriate. And more so uh, than anything else, just in how everyone's trying to kind of grasp the existential uh, whatever it is that's there with the uncertainty, the kind of, you know, you you can navigate through life when it has boundaries established and kind of, even if you dislike them, you're like, ah, I can't believe this is what the world is. You can figure out how to be kind of a some sort of a, an animal scurrying around in the alleys with, but when the, it seems like the, the structure of the whole thing is put on pause or, um, jeopardized in some way. I think it really, I don't know. It impacts people's ability to, to thrive or be ambitious or be positive. And so I'm one really want to talk to you about that too. Want to go back to the type of pain she is feeling and see if you know a lot about people of various ages, like who's going to the hospital, who's staying home, what type of pain are people tolerating? I think we're all trying to find that out. There's not like so far, you know, dedicated um, Twitter accounts that we're all tuned into. There's athletes and people like that, but they seem to all be fine. There's very few people like I'm in I'm in desperate need of care, and here's my live blog. Sure. Uh, well, I like bo- both of those topics offer uh, unique avenues of discussion to go down. Is it is it my choice? <laughs> I'm, I'm happy to cover both. Well, I feel like we can get into the first one as we go along. The, the, the second oh, yeah. one more so or more more dealing with um, your girlfriend, I think, is uh, more pertinent at the moment. Sure. Uh, well, so she uh, I looked up, you know, is it which side of the body is the appendix on? And it looks like the pain that she has is on is like leaning towards the other side. So I'm like, I know that there are certain things that uh, like it, it's a, there's a spectrum of uh, we, what we all have to gauge as far as, you know, what actions we take going to the hospital. Like, you know, the hospital now uh, is potentially for our, our own selves, you know, a riskier place to be than our own home because of the the droplets that may be on surfaces or uh, flying through the air uh, because there are people there with things. Uh, and 
but also if if she had you know if somebody's appendix was potentially going to burst then probably good for that'll be better to be in a hospital and potentially risk whatever like we're always you know balancing these various uh, risks and rewards i like the idea of the reward is uh, <laughs> continuing to live continuing <laughs> to have bodily health like i have uh right now what is either a sty or perhaps i might be pronouncing this wrong a chilazian or a chilazian on my eye a little up sort of a bump on my eyelid that has apparently been there for months that i never never really noticed exactly it happening but it got a little bigger and my girlfriend's like maybe get that checked out and i did at one point have a doctor look at it and they gave me uh, a cream uh, this is a few months ago and it seemed like it didn't do anything and i'm like well i guess it, this will eventually either be my whole body or it'll just stay there it seems like it's not you know impact it's not it's not painful it's not itchy it doesn't like i don't feel it it's only when i look at it that i'm like oh yeah that's a thing on my body that hasn't always been there which is almost always the case uh and so certainly it's not uh, priority number one for me to go find out what this is and try to get it treated because all the research that I've done uh, seems to indicate that it's probably something that will go away on its own or like could require treatment, but uh, isn't, you know, uh, public enemy, you know, health crisis number one. Yeah. And so hopefully my girlfriend's pain that she just started experiencing is also like that you know and she so there's like a series of you know i guess triaging happening here like i'm like do you want me to cancel this podcast so that i can care for you that we can figure out what's going on do we need to do something and she said no you can do that but if if something got worse if something if she deemed that it was necessary to you know burst in and be and be like i'm bursting in because my appendix might be bursting out you know then we would <laughs> address that and uh i would graciously thank you for your hospitality and then we decide you know we would decide well what what are the risks and what are the rewards and uh it seems like that's a a larger question these days uh where a lot of people are thankfully uh re formatting recalculating our priorities for the yeah. moment for the the future moments like i was talking with a buddhist friend uh, uh he's a, a he he's a, a friend who teaches a like the different modules different classes about different aspects of buddhism and we were both talking about the idea that like oh no like the future is unknown and also the future has always been unknown like the future in ways does not exist and in some practical ways it makes sense to conceive of it and think of it and plan for it you know put money in a retirement account you know save something for a rainy day you know tell somebody you're going to travel next week you know schedule work to be done so that money keeps coming in so you can pay rent and eat food that you're not eating all right now but also like nothing that if we're like next week this is going to happen we it's never been a hundred percent certain and so right now we just we all have a heightened awareness of how uncertain the future and or the present is how like we have a greater certainty of the uncertainty that exists which is uh to address your question of you know ha perhaps i don't know if i'm uh, putting words in your mouth or rephrasing the question. I'm like, here's what I think the question that you asked me is, or at least here's what I want to say. Like, I'm a person who 
I would say has been fortunate in many ways throughout my life. Uh, and so I, in, in one way that that fortunate nature uh, manifests is that I both want to say that I'm, you know, standardly a positive person or an optimistic person or a, a generally happy or content person. And all of those things, I'm the reason that I sort of hemmed and hawed and wanted to disclaim in advance and now will disclaim after is that none of those things are the whole story. Like, um, you know, our friend Ramin Nazer has beautiful art, beautiful philosophical art. And there's one that I remember from Instagram year, maybe a, a year, a couple years ago, where there is a character who is like all rainbow colored. Like he's just made of stripes, made of different like slices of all different colors. Mm -hmm. And then somebody, maybe like a, a person who's not colorful, like just a blank, a white or black or black and white character is looking at him and pointing at him and is like, hey, you're that blue guy, right? <laughs> and I really like that. Uh, and it sort of, you know, speaks to lots of things. You can interpret it however you wish. One of the things that it brings up for me is that like sometimes let's say in my comedy, uh, I might have certain ways of speaking or certain topics that I focus on or certain like genres or styles or whatever it might be. And people like, there've been people who've said to me things like, hey, so you're, you're that wordplay guy. Right. And I'm like, yeah, but that's only like 90% of what I am. You're forgetting <laughs> about the other 10%, which is all different colors of the rainbow. Um, and so with respect to my, you know, personality, some total, like I am not merely happy, not merely optimistic, not merely positive. I experience, you know, a full range, the full spectrum of human emotions. And I also am fortunate in that I, I do get to choose if I get to choose or I have been gifted with uh, the perspective that, you know, when something is sad, like I remember when I, when I got divorced in my 20s and I was the, the saddest that I had ever remembered being, certainly as an adult at that point. And part of the sadness, uh, part of the, the down that I felt was because I felt that I wasn't supposed to feel that way. I was like, but I'm the kind of person who doesn't experience this. I'm not a sad person. I'm not supposed to be feeling this. And that resistance, you know, kept adding to it and making me feel even worse about the situation. Like I'm like, I'm sad and I'm also like bad yeah. or stupid or, you know, like not achieving what I'm supposed to be. I think a lot of conception. people, yeah, I think a lot of people are, um, struggling to deal with that because you the the scales are so sensitive during something like this if you feel yourself getting a little too caught up in the negative news uh in the bleak possibilities of outcomes then that side of the scale gets tipped a little bit and it can set off your whole day it can it can bum you out and then you know to cut that all off completely would be maniacal it'd be so strange to be like this isn't happening i'm just gonna do my painting and be positive and live my life the way i want to live it. it people would say well you gotta be aware of it if nothing else maybe you could help maybe you could go somewhere and offer supplies if at least if you're aware of it you're aware of what you could or could not be doing and so i think people struggle with that you know feeling a little bit uh like callous if oh i'm just off painting however you if you've been meaning to paint forever and the world as it's been going has prohibited you in some way, mostly just out of, you just need a little bit of an incentive not to do the thing you think you should be doing, then you don't paint. Whereas when you're placed in a situation where you have nothing but time, you, the paints are just staring at you, 
then you you have to look at it as, as a fortunate thing. Like, oh, well, this sucks. A lot of my friends are in danger. I don't know if my whole industry that I operate in is going to be still around. A lot of people are thinking that way. If, you know, if you're a restaurant owner or so, who knows. Uh, and then you look at those paints and go, I guess this is positive because those are there. And I've been meaning to do this. So I'm going to take that as a positive thing and do that. And everyone's, I think, figuring out ways right now to judge or balance how how they can push themselves to do it. Because maybe you look at those paints and you go, ah, I'm not doing anything. I don't feel good. I don't feel positive. And I don't want to be painting while this is happening. That feels really weird. And maybe other people are like, this is the best. I, I get so much time to paint. And it, and it helps. Just painting, doing something artistic takes my mind off of it. I, I would imagine everyone's across the spectrum. And to touch on the uh, that a little bit with, in regards to the medical thing, uh, you know, last year I was in the hospital in Puerto Rico with appendicitis thing and like trapped. Wow. It was trapped there for, for like almost a month. And uh, then they had an earthquake this year right around the same time. And I remember feeling like, well, could have been worse. Could have been there during an earthquake. Now looking at it, like what if I was there right now? So there, there's different ways to look at it as like, I guess I'm kind of fortunate. I have people that um, are part of the community of this podcast who are going through cancer treatment and uh, a variety of ways to be frustrated or furious or just outwardly pessimistic about the world. Or, you know, if this ramps up a month from now and is 10 times worse, they can be like, well, at least I was going through these treatments and getting what I needed ahead of it. So I wasn't going into a really dangerous place. And oh yeah. yeah. My, my girlfriend uh, broke her ankle in December and so had surgery in December. And then for three months, her, her final appointment, you know, where the doctor looked at an x-ray and said the bone is healed. She still would be going to physical therapy if that were a, a thing that were possible safely. Mm -hmm. uh, but now, you know, she can walk without any gear external to her body. There is gear in her body now, but she is just, you know, uh, you, you know, getting more range of motion. There's still scar tissue. There's still stiffness and swelling but that will hopefully you know through the course of walking so we, we feel very fortunate that like all of the medical stuff we're like you know we had also just moved to a ground floor apartment so we're like wow the we had the exact right three-month window for this ankle breaking <laughs> you know yeah. uh quarantine of its own kind to happen and so you know we didn't feel the mo like we actually did feel in ways grateful at the time that you know that i was able to care for her that i was able to be there that she could take time off of work all of these things like you know and certainly in various moments there was psychological overwhelm there was you know not, it wasn't just happiness and you know focusing on the i mean the gratitude uh innately inherently you know instinctually all the time but it's a, a choice that can be made like because i know that i i don't always make it like even in my relationship uh like i've been we've been together almost four years and it's you know the uh for lack of uh for for simplicity's sake you know it's the one it's i'm i'm planning we're both planning on it continuing as long as possible as long and wide and deep and you know we're like it's not uh, happiness, you know, constantly, but we, there is always an underlying constant awareness of, you know, the choice that we're making being together, the love that we have for each other, the positive intentions that we know the other one has for us and that we have for the other one. So that if there are times that one of us is, you know, too hungry or tired or, uh, you know, 
whatever it might be like that we are emotionally unable to make the, make that like you know if she's like i need some space for a time there was a time in the past i might have been like hey what about what about me and my needs and the answer to that is well i can take care of me and my needs and i can also take care of her and her needs if she needs space i can offer that and it's like the same way that when i was sad at my divorce that eventually the thing that helped help me get through it was the acknowledgement the realization that oh it's number one if you're sad like acknowledge that you're sad and that makes that made me feel at least a little better rather than resisting what was because so much of uh our difficulty uh, you know and this is i say this as a fortunate person who there's so many people who have experienced so many hardships beyond what i have but in my own limited uh zoomed in experience of this i would say like it certainly for me when i was going through extreme sadness and not acknowledging it like and resisting it that made me feel worse than when i was going through extreme sadness and acknowledging it being like oh right of course i feel sad it's sad it makes sense to feel sad and emotions don't always have to make sense but sometimes when there's a sad thing or a hard thing and it feels sad or it feels bad like at least i cannot layer on top of it all of the additional you know beating myself up over for why it is or why i'm not reacting the best because also if there is a way to react the best it is in part to start by acknowledging the thing like uh my friend zach sherwin our friend and i we we call it sometimes rumpelstiltskinning you know naming the the thing to take away some of its power naming the the problem the challenge be like this is what's making me feel this way that i wouldn't wish to feel but i do feel and in so naming it and sharing it either either to myself or to a friend to a loved one that is uh at least more helpful than not doing that. I like that. I I, I have a similar process where it's, cl- I guess it's close to naming it, but to really trace back. I think that's just be- has become a very common thing. And I wish it was more widespread that people are aware of, hey, why are you doing that? Well, it turns out my childhood was this way. It turns out I was treated this way by certain people. Oh, so you have a natural inclination to do this. And it's certainly nature versus nurture, but I think everyone can go. I remember my aunt saying something to the effect one time of like, so I couldn't really express my emotions. And so I would eat. So I got, you know, bigger than I wanted to. And then I was always just like a heavier kid, but I was, that's how I process my emotions. And I thought that was pretty revelatory that she understood that and said it so casually. We're like, how many of us are really doing that? Are we able to go, why am I sad? And why am I beating myself up for being sad? Everyone right now is probably experiencing that and maybe they're just sitting there watching Netflix or they're scrolling through trying to find some sort of uplifting video on their phone to just take their mind off it for a few seconds. But if you stop for a second and go like, why do I feel this dread? Why do I feel this? Obviously, very quickly, it could point to the leadership during something like this and or the the chaos that is kind of ensuing, the, the pandemonium. You could point to specific things, but that doesn't fully, you know, um, comprise all the elements that go into it. There's something there with like your expectations, your emotions, you know, going into it, what you subconsciously thought would happen, your, your sort of blank projections of a future that you never really maybe wrote down, or maybe you did, maybe you wrote them out on paper and now they're clearly not going that way. That could make you sad. 
I think that's smart to, to work through it that way. Cause I don't think I'm that positive of a person. I think I lean more toward being a little cynical. And yet when situations like this come about, I'm always like, yeah, I got a roof over my head. This is pretty great. I'll usually find something to be like, yeah, this could be a lot worse. I appreciate that. I hear that. And I also want to just, uh, for the record say, I just got a sign on my computer saying my internet is spotty. So if I cut in and out, that might be why. Okay. Uh, but, uh, to, I wanted to speak to the, when you were talking about a person who is painting, wants to paint, isn't painting, isn't sure whether to paint like in this time, there's no necessarily right or wrong answer. As far as that question goes, like painting could be the right thing for one person, not painting could be the right thing for another person. Like the way some comedians like talk about what's going on in the world, in their experience. And some comedians might be presenting more of a silly escape. And perhaps the silly escape is helpful for people uh, who are like on the front lines, you know, people working in hospitals all day that are like, now I don't want to hear about this at night. So give me some Brian Regan you know yeah and like that that clown uh archetype serves a purpose and then for other people you know having people like maria bamford or doug stanhope or Chappelle or sarah silverman people who are you know delving into uh the you know uh, which is like everyone is doing their own thing the best that they can uh and however you're doing your thing that's the best that you can and so i feel like if paint i was talking with my friend uh do you know the comedian Mati litwack i do not uh, we were talking about music and how he said sometimes he listens to music and then worries that he's doing it as an escape and he's like what if i should be doing something else and i was like well perhaps i mean if you're doing it as an escape, maybe sometimes you need to escape. And then maybe during that escape, you have a thought of like, oh, maybe the thing that I want to do next is this. And maybe the music was in ways, I apologize for this, instrumental in helping you uh, figure out what the next step is. And in, in way, if you're like, oh, this is what I want to be doing. This is what I should be doing. Well, then maybe whatever got you there was the thing that you needed to get you there. Maybe you wouldn't have gotten there without it. Uh, I read... There's a woman, Gretchen Rubin, who has, she's written books called The Four Tendencies, which I like a lot, and The Happiness Project. And she sends out weekly messages about uh, like sort of her own, I think, gratitude and happiness and things that she does and things get that others can do. And they uh, a lot of people find them valuable, self-included. And she released, I think, one thing recently that it was something like, it's okay to be bored or it's okay for things to be boring. Like, and especially now, I feel like that's a, a valuable positive message i think it's a good message all of the time because sometimes like you know in the before times we might be like am i accomplishing enough am i achieving enough you know do i have my self-worth measured by you know a capitalistic metric where i have to be doing more than i did last year i have to be bringing in more eyeballs or dollars or whatever it is and certainly at this time where we're all potentially if you can be in your home like your doing being as heroic as you can by caring for yourself and caring for others by not going out and putting other people in danger and so already you're doing something and if things are boring or if you are bored then great because there's lots of ways for things to be not boring that aren't the best things like if you wish ask the genie be like can you make things not be boring and then they're like <laughs> oh how about some pain that you don't know if it's appendicitis or not you're like oh no i actually i'd prefer 
moments earlier when it was boring, quote unquote, and I was bored with it. So if you're at home and like, of course, the questions of like, can I help in other more active, proactive ways? Can I like share if I have extra money? Can I share it with people who need it? If I have extra time and can, you know, do something to help others get food and treatment to can I amplify various uh, political voices or other caring, compassionate voices, you know, on the Internet or otherwise into the world? Like, yeah, these are all great questions. And it's sort of like there's the the oxygen mask, you know, scenario where you need it's important for it's not like you're an adult and you have a child and you should put on your mask first and then help the child that is everyone else in the world. But in or you're the only one that can put on the metaphorical oxygen mask on yourself and know whether you are getting enough oxygen to survive in the way of food exercise like connection with others mental health time alone you know consuming art creating art like these are all questions that we all get to slash have to but i think framing it as get to answer for ourselves like my grandmother passed away uh about two weeks ago now and uh, I've been Sorry, talking with buddy. my mom a lot and there've been a lot of people in our family and online and like my friends and fans and people who have like heard me talk about her, heard my podcast with her, heard, uh, seen her commenting. My grandmother used to comment a lot on my Facebook. And so there's a lot of people caring and expressing that care and offering outpourings of support. And my mother told me, she's like, so many people are calling like some, like sometimes it's more than then I can even, uh, you know, like, and I was like, well, you don't have to answer the phone all the time, you know? And she's like, she feels, and it makes sense. Like if the phone is calling and someone wants to express care, like who are we to like not answer, not accept, not respond. But also sometimes it's important to take a nap. Sometimes it's important to, you know, uh, lie down, think, meditate, you know, zone out for a minute, like, even from a capitalistic, you know, achievement perspective, I, I've heard about studies that show companies that allow uh, their or encourage their employees to like take a, a nap of a certain amount of time in the afternoon or in the middle of the day. Those companies, those employees are more productive than somebody who's just waiting for the end of the day. Be like, I got it, you know, getting more and more tired, more and more hungry. If you like recharge and refuel like it's good for its own benefit and it's also good it's good for the present and it's potentially good for the future you know in however limited a scope of present and future we're looking at yeah yeah i like it i think that of of pursuits you're talking about um i think about like do you ever watch like during any kind of construction or when they're pouring a base or foundation and there's like a level that comes into play it always fascinates me. We build these things that are very rigid. You know, if you had a house built up on granite in the mountains and the foundation was perfectly laser leveled flat, and we're trying to create these sharp edges and corners and 90 degree connections and perpendicular and things that are somewhat aesthetic to us. And we don't really know why, because we live in this thing that is very circular and oblong and imperfect and rotational and expanding and chaotic and entropy at all points. And yet within it, we're trying to define and create these schedules and routines and structure so that we can live safely within that. I go to my job, I'm there this many hours, I come home, I got my commute to this many minutes, I come into a house, it's this many square feet, I have locks and security, and I'm safe in this thing. 
and and now like being presented with there's a certain sort of wolf at the door of something that's not safe largely it, everyone is going to be uh impacted by it even if you're at a low risk for it being fatal to you uh there's still this weird thing of like this is upsetting the system and for people that uh are like go-getters that have been told and i think people that do drugs would probably look at them with this with this sort of like yeah yeah now you're finally having to stop and think about it people that i was on the debate team and i won this trophy and i went here and i got this grade and i was the valedictorian and i got this job and i've always done what they told me and i've crossed every finish line and i'm successful right 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 life has been successful for me tell me how many more accolades can i get and now just being stuck inside and maybe they're on the phone they're on their bluetooth marching around and they're on their peloton and they're still just winning and staying active but if they're in an industry where they're forced to stop and sit on the couch and figure out what they really like and think about what it might mean and what that structure really is that could be unraveling for them that could be a weird thing and now they're having to like learn those lessons of it's okay to take a nap it's okay to stop and think about what you really like. Maybe you think because you own a certain amount of ties or shoes or dresses or whatever it might be that you you have won. And then you're left during this for weeks, if not months at a time to just be stuck in your abode. Uh, maybe you find yourself just watching a bunch of TV and be like, is this who I am? I just watch TV. Or maybe you paint or maybe you learn a language or you play an instrument or you find out like, I don't want to go back to my job. I really have gotten good at piano. I want to focus on this. There could be so many of those stories happening right now. And that to me is really fascinating. Yeah. I, uh, I like when you mentioned pursuit, I thought about the, you know, the, the American slogan involving, you know, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, which (laughs) sort of built right into it means that you're not there already. Be like, everyone has the right to try and figure out where it is, you know, like you got to go get it when, you know, in some ways, uh, as like, you know, the happiness was coming from inside the self or the not self, you know, not to uh, make everything uh, Buddhist related, but one thing that has, or maybe two, um, one thing that has been like necessary for me, like uh, originally, you know, it sort of all started coming in gradually be like, Oh, like, will I go to Edinburgh in August and perform there for the whole month? Like I'm planning, maybe that won't happen. What about the gigs that I have, uh, later than that before that, you know, okay. April, April's disappearing may. Okay. And like little by little, you know, it's sort of like a video game where you're running across a bridge and it's just, just like it's all falling down and you're like okay well i made it to here but it's sort of like the bridge in front is also disappear <laughs> and you're like okay well i'm standing somewhere right now where at like where we can't go back to where we were and looking forward to the like i don't know what's in the future there's like a big fog a big haze and all i can do is be present in ways all i can you know i can certainly you know uh spin out and spiral in any direction and be like well what if what if this or that but having such a low amount of information uh makes it so that like i can't even i can't even draw the picture to be terrified by so that uh, you know, I can, I can be terrified for sure, but I, I don't know exactly what it's going to be. And like, that's a, that's a nice use of uncertainty. It used 
to be like, oh no, what's going to happen? I don't know. But now I'm like, oh, I don't even know what the scary thing will be because it's already like I used to have a joke about, you know, the the dark like is not i think as scary as you know like being afraid of the dark you're like oh no there could be a monster but what's more scary is a monster in the light coming towards you <laughs> uh, you're like oh definitely a monster uh that part uh oh boy i, I wish I, re- I, re- I remember remember before when i just thought there might be a monster which offers its own you know it either it's both terrifying but there's it's also both less terrifying like one each one is like mc escher style more and less terrifying than the other like i mean ultimately like death is a thing that offers various you know uh unknowns to be afraid of because it's it's maybe the most unknown thing where like people do it i'll do it what what is it uh i don't know and now this is like Okay, I think Norm Macdonald had a joke about this where he's like, okay, now we know what's going to kill us all. We now we just don't know the order. <laughs> um and and it really is like I mean, I was raised in a way that I wasn't told that I would live forever. Uh but I feel like that was like the vibe, that was like the subtext, like between the lines they're like you can do anything. How can I do that? Well, I must if I can do anything, I can do so I can do everything, so I'll be alive forever. I'll be like every person, I'll achieve what whatever. And now I'm like, oh, like I don't know. Uh, it's it's in ways freeing it's in ways because i've always been like well who am i i'm a person who knows things well what about this oh i don't know so who are you oh i guess now i'm a person who doesn't know everything and but does hopefully adapt to each new moment like it's not all about happiness or positivity but it is sometimes about awareness acknowledgement of you know presence mindfulness of being like what am i feeling now what do i know now what can i do now how can i help now and you know and if the answer is i don't know then at least you know that you don't know and that's one step closer to knowing anything (laughs) yeah the way we live our lives and uh easily get attracted to the way other people do it you you go like on a vacation people always do this we should live here look at this village go on a whitewater rafting trip and like so this is your life yeah just haul people up here and take down the river and you live here and yeah yeah there's like a cool community and we're all just kind of everyone's traveled and this is kind of what we do every summer and then it started like you know as i did that enough i saw a lot of the world i just moved here and i've just been yeah like i sell kayaks and there's a party that's like that's great. That's what I want to do. But I think it goes back to something you were saying. It's less about what they're doing and it's their approach to it. Are they content? Do they seem, that's all we're looking for. It's the how it's, Oh, your grandmother gets called by so many people because her life was attractive to other people. Like, Oh, she had a good attitude. She was, she was all these things that you would like to be, or if nothing else be remembered for that people would want to call and be like, Hey, that life that was here, I miss it. And I thought it was a good one. And I thought it was the way you should do it, or at least one of the good ways to do it and uh, not knowing or, you know, trying to figure out all of those things. I, I think everyone's struggling with that. And then something like this might put it in perspective where you're like, do I miss the life I might have to or get to go back to? Everyone's kind of dealing with that. Like maybe I need to make a big change or, oh man, I'm so thankful that I have that. I can't wait to go back. I, I think everyone's in between those two points. 
Oh yeah, I mean, here's two things. One, in you, we don't get to go back. Like we'll never be the age we were. We'll never be in the exact place or time we were. We always get to go forward. That's you know the nature of being these beings and doings that uh, at least seemingly move through time forward at one second per second for most of the quote unquote time. Uh, the other thing is, here's a, a fun, I think this will be a fun analogy. Uh, do you know, you know, sometimes as a comedian, you might be talking to another comedian and if they say something funny, like in conversation off stage, you might be like, oh, do you say that on stage? <laughs> and they're yeah. like, oh, I actually don't. Oh, maybe you, sh- you could. And like, oh, yeah. And write it down. I'll try to recreate that situation. The funny thing that I said off stage in the moment, we shared a moment, be like, oh, let me try to, you know, recreate and manufacture, you know, uh, this moment artistically so that others can enjoy it outside of this moment and uh sometimes that happens ever have a conversation with somebody who's not a comedian where they say something funny and i'd be like oh man sometimes like if you were a comedian i'd be like do you say that on stage but i know you're not a comedian so you don't say that on stage i'm like you should say that to me in a conversation one second ago you know (laughs) you should you should write that if i get a a funny email from a friend who's not a comedian be like oh wow like have you ever said that before you should say that in an email to me right now and i feel like that is uh, the analogy as to when you're on vacation and you're like, we should live here. It's the, it's not like if you like, I visit LA, I've never lived in LA. I love visiting LA. Maybe I would love living in LA, but I love having the experience of going there for a week at a time, doing a bunch of fun shows, seeing my friends that live there, you know, doing whatever comedy things or life things I enjoy about LA. Maybe some people live there and love it. Some people live there and have other experiences, but it, once you live somewhere, it is your life. Like getting into a jacuzzi, you know, feels good because you're going from not in a jacuzzi to ooh the warmth of a jacuzzi and then once you're there you're like we should live in a jacuzzi we should be in this jacuzzi (laughs) all the time and like maybe you could go in every day but you're not gonna live in the jacuzzi so if you're uh, every, any vacation is like oh wow we should we should have this the the moment of enjoyment that we just had we should have that forever and the way to do that i think is to not repeat that exact moment that exact sound like you know the best song isn't just like ooh that that note made me feel good. So let's just do that note again. No, 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 no. That no, 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 no. Oh yeah. I love that. I mean, that could be a fun song, you know, Gregorian chant style, but you want to continue to progress and, you know, try to find the thing that is similar to, you know, how that vacation made you feel, how that joke made you laugh, how that music connected with you, how that painting spoke to you or you spoke with the paint to, others and continue to like you know the common thread is is awareness and and presence and so i guess what i'm saying is if you want to paint paint and if you don't want to paint don't paint you you're the one who gets to decide for yourself whether painting or not painting or singing or not singing or making a joke or not making a joke or going out or not going out or whatever you're doing is right for you (laughs) yeah i think that was put really well i love the note thing Oh, thanks. The, the, the getting into the, cause we're, maybe this is off as far as an analogy, but to a certain degree, like we love, you know, when your friend who's not a comedian says a thing that resonates with you, we all love that. Someone, someone stumbling upon a thing that is, Ooh, that's kind of uncharted or unmined. And maybe it has been, maybe every 
generation, every decade has the same conversations over and over again, the same as we are traveling forward. We're having thoughts that a 22 year old would have. What am I going to do with my life? What are, when are my parents going to die, etc. You get to a certain age. Oh, my friends are all having kids. They're all getting married. You get to the next stage. We're all just processing through it. Like we're all walking through the same kind of museum or something. But to settle into one part of the museum and just be like, this whitewater rafting life is for me, you eliminate to a certain degree new experiences. You know, the jacuzzi is always the same temperature and you're like, come on in folks. And people go, wow, you're in this jacuzzi all the time. Yep. I can tell you every button. I know every bubble and the way it feels on your body at every different jet around the whole thing. I know it. And then they would go, oh, cool. But when they leave that jacuzzi, they maybe travel and they go to wherever in the world and they go see something fun this thing this pandemic is resettling everyone down into this way of you really got to sit here and be in this there's no travel plans there's no gigs coming up there's and that in a way is eliminating the ability to it in itself is a new experience that we're all going through like i want to have a life that's full of experiences and you get into these routines and you're like well maybe next fourth of july we'll go do that thing and then 10 years go by and you haven't done it but no one said like maybe we'll all as a planet sit indoors and communicate digitally wouldn't that be a fun experience and now everyone is having that experience forced upon them and in the way that like when you read a book and i always find like when you read an old paper book and there's something underlined it's always something like a character like a third person person the writer saying something like he looked around and realized there was nothing in life worth taking too seriously triple underlined like you could tell (laughs) someone read that book and was like yes but you only get to those by turning the page by going forward and then as you get older when you come to those thoughts you maybe go oh i can see why someone would underline that but maybe to me they don't have as much like they don't resonate to the same degree they once did but uh I think this is a way we're all kind of weirdly going forward, turning the page at the same time, very uncertain. And then once it's over, we'll disperse and go back to whatever the new thing is. But there is something unique about this and us all experiencing it at the same time. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm reading uh, a book right now called Because Internet by a linguist named Gretchen McCulloch. And uh, it's really good. And she talks about like studying different populations of people getting different versions of the internet at different times. You know, some people joined in the eighties and that was, you were like, you know, a super early adapter. You had to like know how to program, but then eventually, you know, like by the mid two thousands, you know, when you could join Facebook, if you were a student, then eventually if you were anybody. And then, you know, there was like before that in the nineties, the AIM, you know, like instant messenger, uh, way in and so there were all these ways in and now that like it all exists like the, the i guess the the thing that she brought up is that sometimes there are things that everyone does at you know a different time and sometimes there are things that everyone does at the same time and like when we when we're in school like getting going through puberty and getting into high school like that's like everyone is starting something new at the same time and then in adulthood it's very rare to have that you know people might move people might change jobs but it is standard it's not standard for uh, all of a city or all of a society to be like all right now we all start this new thing but (laughs) you like you have pointed out uh this is a time that it is still kind of like time delayed like maybe the uk was like a week behind america and 
different cities, you know, like Seattle had it before other places in America. And I remember like talking about it with my mom, like one day she was like, I, I went out to dinner last night and the night before I'm like, Oh mom, you don't, don't be doing that. And now she, like immediately she was like, Oh yeah, I, I've been now watching the news and like the information like ripples out or, you know, it's sort of like in waves or layers, but yeah, in, if you zoom out a lot, this is happening to the earth at approximately the same time and all of all of its inhabitants are receiving the same information downloads and then whether you know however you're addressing it however you're dealing with it uh is all happening simultaneously and i do also want to add so it is a large new experience that seemingly might prevent us all from having large new experiences but uh i would also add that even to the the your example of the guy who like knows the jacuzzi you know all all over the place like he's like i know every every jet uh <laughs> you're different every time you get in it and you might not know you know like you look in the mirror every day you see yourself maybe you look basically the same as you did the day before if you didn't get a haircut or shave like right now i have a mustache for the first time and i'm like oh this is like the first non-joking mustache i think i've ever had um <laughs> and the thing is uh there's a thing I, a, a quote by a poet I know named, uh, I don't know the poet, but I've, I've read this quote a lot, uh, Robert Haas, I believe, or Hass, H-A-S-S. And the quote is, uh, repetition makes us feel secure, variation makes us feel free. And so we all in life, I think, strive for both of those things. We want security. If, we, if you don't have enough security, you want more security. If you have too much security, you're like, oh, is this boredom? I want some variation. You want, you know, sort of the ideal yin-yang, an equilibrium of variation and security. And so something that I've found like right now, my relationship is monogamous. And that is something that I didn't think I, that I wouldn't have foreseen 10 years ago. Like when I was sort of starting on a journey of being like, I think open relationships are the way for me. Like polyamory makes sense. You know, the idea is because we don't know the future. Like, so how do I know that I won't meet another person or what various things as such. But now and I feel like I used to be like, Oh no, one person forever, like one person and me. But the thing is like, that one person is always changing like internally and you as a person are always changing internally and externally. I mean, not just to mention the molecules that we're made of literally every moment, as well as, you know, the connections in our brain, the new art that we take in the books that we read, the, the other friends that we make, the experiences that we have, like the comedy I'm doing now is different than the comedy I was doing when I started, because while I am quote unquote, the same person, I've also grown and changed because that is how life works even even in a relationship with one person even in a relationship with one's self like one like there are so many especially in today's day and age like with this quarantine i'm like i have so many books that i have more time to read now i have so many friends who have an abundance of time to communicate with and do podcasts and have conversations like i'm probably more in touch with friends that live far away now than i regularly ever am because we're all you know ha having this universal time out taking uh, taking time and taking stock and being like, what is important? Who is important? How do I want to spend my time? How do I get to 
spend my time. So even in this, you know, however long it is time unit of quote unquote, nothing new happening, like there are still things happening all over the world and we can be aware of them or not aware of them. And then there are things happening like all throughout ourselves and, or we can help things happen all throughout ourselves. Cause even if you, if you meditate every day, you're like, Oh, I know meditation, just like the jacuzzi. I start, I start thinking and then my mind does things and Oh, it's actually different. You know, my mind is different every time, even if I wake up and read from a similar book and do a similar meditation and do a similar set of like stream of consciousness, free writing. Like it's, it's pretty astounding in a way how different it feels each day, even doing the same things. Yeah. Yeah. The, um, having the same thing that you do every day, not that it scares you that you've become sedentary and stopped growing. I think to some degree, you know, I'm not reading as many books as I used to, or I don't travel as much, or I, you know, your, your friends that you used to go out with and have weird, just kind of young people adventures, maybe that's settled down. And then people start to go, some people hang on to the party in more ways than one. That doesn't just mean the person that's still going to the bar that's 50 years old and still trying to like hit on people, but it could just be the person that's like going to the same job or doing the same thing. Or if you think of like a small town anywhere in the world, not just the USA, two people that are raised really religious. And then, uh, one of them goes off to travel and maybe it's through like the military or something, or maybe they just do it. Like I've always wanted to go tour Europe in a backpack and just being exposed to new restaurants, new smells, new people, the way that strangers would be kind to you in ways that you weren't expecting, maybe ways they were portrayed in movies or television or on the news, and you come back home, if the person that you left had just been staying there doing the same thing, and you were still equally as attracted to each other and connected, you'd feel so lucky. You would feel like you had gotten a cheat code or something because more often than not, like people are inching ahead or falling behind of each other in those relations to one another that like, I read all these new books and I tasted this new food and I met all these different people and I saw different sites and cultures. And what'd you do? You just stayed here and kept living this very close sheltered life. But that's not to say that that's never happened. I think that there's something fascinating about that, that especially your journey in particular has been kind of all three parts in a way, you know, I feel sometimes when I see people that are, that have gotten divorced and they're 30 or something and they're like, Oh, I just, you know, maybe they're kind of in movies. That's always the guy's kind of cynical. I regret it. I never should have done it. Like, I was a torture being in that relationship for eight years. Like, well, you were, you weren't mature enough in the first place. You were just doing like a checkpoint. Like you thought you should do. This is the movie person, not you. Um, And then you feel like, oh, well, that could easily be anybody. You know, anybody could have been in that position. You felt you found someone, someone that you loved, and you just because you thought maybe the future could go a certain way or should go a certain way that you would both pursue it together. And if one of you, especially you know, as you're a comedian, you're traveling more, there's a likelihood that uh, any two people put together at a young age are likely gonna progress at different speeds even if they get to the same endpoint maybe they're friends when they're 80 years old and they're like oh yeah it was just that phase when i was 30 and you were 30 where like you wanted to do this and i wanted to do this and i i zoomed way ahead like the hare and the and you were kind of more the tortoise but then slowly you caught up and we reached the finish line around the same time 
So you had that one to be like the divorce scenario and then the polyamorous one. Some people probably enter that as teenagers or early twenties thinking like, I've got it figured out, or this is, this is me. I'm figuring out who I am. But it, it, in a lot of ways, similar to this situation, we just never know. We don't know the future. You could, you could have any number of things happen. And then if you find some singular person like you have now, and you, you really have to, like you were talking about earlier, processing, you know, why do I feel this way? Why do I feel sad? You sometimes have to do that in a good way too. Like, wait, I'm a polyamorous person. Why do I feel so connected to this person? Why do I feel, um, you know, this pull where I just want to be with them? Then you have to process that and break yourself all down and be like, maybe this is who I am now. And that all comes from being um, enlightened enough through life that you've, you've, you're accepting of those things as opposed to like, this is how it is and this is how it's going to be, period. You know, uh, I like the thing that you, I like everything that you said. And I will add like there, the idea of this is the way it is. And this is the way it's going to be like, that is, I think uh, a fallacious like mindset that so many of us have. And the thing is it's on a spectrum because sometimes it is. So sometimes there are things that won't change and we can't change no matter how much we try. But then sometimes there are things that only won't change if we don't try like society. Like there's so many people that are like, well, this is the way it's always been. Well, I don't even know if that's true, but certainly it doesn't have to be, you know, there have been like large, important social progress uh, items, you know, that have happened because there were people that were like, yeah, it's been that way, but I don't think it has to be that way. And on a personal level, like I've known people who used to be like, I'm just an angry guy. And then later we're like, I don't want to be. So are there action steps that I can take that I've, I've thought a lot. I've been like writing jokes around the theme of like being and doing because we're sometimes we're like, even we conflate them. We're like, you know, what do you do? And you're like, Oh, I am a this. Okay. Mm -hmm. Like I'm a writer, but being a writer means that you do writing. That's what you like. We're really, you know, made of these vibrations, you know, like we're, we are doings, you know, and we sort of round doings up to beings like, okay, if you do this thing enough, then that is what you are. Like when you start doing comedy, you're like, are you a comedian? Like at a certain point, if you're doing it 10 years every night, you're getting paid to do it. Okay. Now you are a comedian, but you do it at one open mic night. Are you a comedian? You did comedy. You do comedy, you know, and that could be for anything. And it doesn't matter. Like, you know, we don't need to have uh, across the board agreement, like for something for a doctor, like you, when you pass the test that says you're a doctor, you're a doctor, or then you do your residency. Maybe there's always different steps. You pass the bar, you're a lawyer, but for some jobs, it's just like, if you're doing it, you are the thing. And also pers personality wise, like, you know, there are some things that, you know, perhaps are inherently natural or to, you know, inherent to our nature, but then there's th things that can be nurtured. Like you can't per perhaps get taller than you are, but I think you can get kinder than you were. I think that you can potentially become more open-minded than you were. Like I can get quieter than I was. If I used to be like, I'm a loud person. Like when I would, I would probably be like, I got it all figured out. And like now I think I have it figured out more than when I was yelling, I've got it all figured out. And one of the things that I figured out is not to go around yelling that I've got it all figured out because I haven't had even all the experiences that I'm going to have, let alone all the experiences that are possible that other people have had. And so I think that, uh, yeah, I th that, that is what I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, I like it, man. I think to me, that's like a, that level of awareness or being like, how to say, enlightened to me always seemed like an unfair term to apply to anybody because it implies that you know more than everyone else in some way. But there is some element to it where being put in a position to just go like, I see all the steps that led you to believe what you're saying right now. And I'm going to let you do it because I've also seen there's no likely outcome here where I feel good about whatever I say. I'm not going to convince you to change your ideology. You seem pretty locked into it. So keep doing it. You know, people that see a, a, someone on the street corner with a megaphone or an amp and a microphone screaming Bible verses and feel compelled to stop and talk with them and argue and like, I'm going to talk you out of this. Y- you you can only do that so many times, I suppose, if, you, if, if anyone's ever tried it. Every now and again, you'll see someone like pointing a finger at them like, what are you doing? What do you think you're going to do here? That level of just kind of like, just going to move on. I recognize this is odd. And I certainly think this person is um, using their time ineffectively, but doesn't impact me. This crosswalk's going to change pretty shortly. I'm going to move on with my life. And in that situation, I might offer... To the person, if a person, let's say you're looking at a person who's, you know, using a megaphone on the street, trying to convince people that their way is the right way. If you are to go up to them and be like, hey, let me try to convince you that my way is the right way. My way, which is to not try to convince people that my way is the right way. Like there's, you know, a a hypocrisy, a logical fallacy. Like you're basically doing the same thing as they are, maybe without a megaphone, but you're like, hey, have you heard the good word of not telling people about your good word? (laughs) I was thinking uh, of uh, this idea the other day of like, it seems like people that get really latched into these hardcore ideological things, they're very, very real, very rigid and very, there's anger behind it. There's vitriol, like, damn it, this is how the world should be. I'll debate you. There's always some threat of like, just debate me on it. And oh, I would yeah. love that. I would love to go like, I'll debate you on anything. But one provision is you have to bring a drawing from when you were a little kid. And we'll just because <laughs> I think it all boils down well before you got your undergrad here and then you pursued this and you worked on this campaign and you legislated for this person, you worked for this lobbyist. None of that. I don't give a shit about any of that, but I'd like to see, we were all little kids. We all thought things were silly and fun and we all smiled when we saw an animal do something goofy in our direction and somehow it just becomes rigid and tight and angry and then the scowl comes in and the eyes are different and it's just the world putting this pressure on you like i'd like to see who you were prior to this and let's talk about that and then you can tell me all this crap about um the free market or whatever that's really beautiful david i like that uh i i understand the same way like to the word or the concept of enlightenment, like I've read about it a lot uh, in various Buddhist and otherwise spiritual texts. And one of the things, one of the goals of enlightenment that uh, I'm reading this book by Pema Chodron right now called Becoming Bodhisattvas. Uh, and it's basically her analysis of this speech given and like this text created by Shanti Deva, you know, hundreds of years ago. Uh, and so her interpretation of his assessment of what what it is to become enlightened, like the goal of that is so that you can also help other people along that path, that the goal of enlightenment is not for one's own benefit, but for the benefit of all. And, you know, part of part of 
Buddhism, as I understand it from my friend who teaches about it, is that even in a Buddhist class, like the the structure of a class is the teacher is not to lecture, is that the students are to ask questions because the teacher like wants to answer the questions that the students have like they're coming to the class they're like clearly they want to learn and like what is it that you want to know you because everyone needs to hear different things like if somebody's exhaling then the the next good piece of advice is inhale but if somebody's inhaling then the next good piece of advice is exhale like there's no one size fits all piece of advice physically emotionally spiritually like some people need to maybe relax some people might need to buckle down and so the question, one of the answers is don't just give people the answers without them asking you the questions. And so as opposed to yelling at someone through a megaphone who didn't ask to be yelled at through a megaphone, uh, and here we are both speaking into microphones, the opposite of megaphones. <laughs> and the only people listening are people who have chosen to listen. You're listening to me because you want to. I'm listening to you because you want to. And then everyone listening is li by this point, certainly. If you've listened to the whole podcast, I can't believe you would have just flipped to the end here. <laughs> but you've been listening because you want to. And I'm glad. Thank you for authorizing all of these words and concepts to come from our minds, our brains, our mouths, our consciousness into yours into your mouth thank you for swallowing <laughs> these words into your mouth that's how you consume words, Mike. that's not how hearing works no no i thank you for taking all of these words into your mouth uh <laughs> for in through the mouth buds of your eye machine and uh <laughs> the the point is uh it's all all I think that most of what we can do, what we can offer is to live, live the way that we think is best live by example. Uh, and then if other people see that, they're like, Oh, you seem like you, Hey, how did you do that? How do you do that? What do you do in this situation? Like I love advice columns and advice podcasts. I love like Dan Savage and dear prudence and captain awkward and people write in and they're like, what, what do I do? Which is kind of like, what would you do? Like given these circumstances, like how can, can you help me? What can happen? What can I do? And so it's, it's nice to, you know, none of us knows everything, it seems, unless you are a divinely enlightened person. And if you are, thank you for listening. Uh, let me know what you think about it. Do you have any questions for me? But all of us, we, we know our own our own little corner of things. You know, we we know, if anything, like I know what I know now that I didn't know before. I know all the experiences, all the rings of the tree of myself that have added up in the last years. I'm like, oh, I know what I didn't know when I was 20. I know what I didn't know when I was 30. I do know like at least more. It's on a, a scale of more knowing. And oh, I, I will, let me offer you this one. Have you heard of the idea of the perimeter of ignorance? No. Uh, so, well, let me now bring you into uh, into the circle. Uh, this I learned this from I think my friend uh, either Rosa or Julia. Ah, I, I'm still in the 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 ignorance exists. Uh, oh yeah, I think I shared it with. Jo so my friend Rosa is a scientist, and she shared this idea that uh, imagine a circle that represents within the circle all of human knowledge, right? Mm -hmm. And so the perimeter beyond the perimeter of that circle is all that we don't know all that it could be an individual person it could be all human all humanity so outside of the perimeter 
is the is ignorance is the unknown so the perimeter is the perimeter of ignorance and now as we continue to live and learn and you know do scientific experiments and like look within ourselves and listen to others like and explore space and time and all whatever topics like there is more human knowledge now than back when there weren't as many humans back when there wasn't uh, as much in the way of scientific technology like so now the circle has been expanding the circle of human knowledge has been growing which means that the perimeter of ignorance has been getting longer and longer the more we know the more we know how much we don't know (laughs) i love that i think that um that's kind of a a socrates thing to some degree like just oh sure oh yes you know knowing our uh knowing how much we don't know and being comfortable with that as opposed to that seems like a a pivotal thing right now where people are just so en- enraged that they can't get their message out about how much they know. Oh yeah. I, uh, do you, do you know the Dunning Kruger effect, which is related as well? <laughs> um, no, I don't know that one either. Oh, great. Well, you've, you've done actually this, you've passed the test. Now you will, now I will tell you what the Dunning Kruger effect <laughs> is because here, if you were going to manifest it, I'll tell you what it is first. It's, there's a lot of fun that can be had. Uh, it's basically the idea that the less information you have about a particular topic, the more confident you are in your knowledge that you don't have. Like, if you don't know any, like the more you know about like a particular topic, then the more you know that you don't know. And the less you know, then the less you know that you don't know. And the more you front that, you know, the more you're like, <laughs> I know all about that. I'm the best at, I know all about knowing things. So when I asked you, do you know about the Dunning-Kruger effect? It, a person who knew the least would have been like, oh yeah, I'm definitely the kind of person who knows all about the Dunning-Kruger effect. <laughs> uh, don't, don't even, why don't you tell me what you think it is? And then I'll tell you if you got it. But uh, I, uh, yeah, it's, we it's we i i don't know i ran out (laughs) (laughs) well i I guess as we wrap up here uh i will impart to you one bit of um something that i think can be helpful and then ideally you'll have something that maybe um encapsulates a lot of what we've talked about today and how to apply it to this current situation the bit i would impart to you is that uh, take your girlfriend's temperature that mm. uh, appendicitis a lot of times corresponds with a fever, which now with the COVID stuff could be a, a mixed reaction. E- either way, if there's a fever, I, I think you're, you. you're not in good shape uh, either way. But secondly, um, I had some nausea. I never have it. I never vomit. And I did with that. So it can, it can, that can be a part of it as well. And then the pain, they always say it hurts to the touch, like on the lower right side, but it can move. Mine started center of the stomach, like low, like just below the sternum and then slowly move down over to the low right. I've, I've heard it can mm. start in the left as well, but it, it'll be painful to touch and not right away either. So when people touch the pain and be like, nothing here, it might take a few hours or, or longer. So keep an eye on that. And two, if it's like gas or anything like that, which it might be, laying on your right side helps your stomach drain, which is huh. the thing they should tell us when we're like little kids. I don't know why everyone Thank doesn't you. know that. Yeah, so laying on your right <laughs> side, if you're gonna lay down is the best way to do it. And... um and just stay hydrated, I guess, and uh, and keep an eye on it. That is very practical and caring advice. Uh, I will offer this in in exchange because you have offered me, and you are my friend. <laughs> uh, 
something that I, I've been thinking about doing a podcast uh, where it's basically how are you this moment, this hour, this day, this year, this decade, this life, this eternity. And, you know, see if because sometimes it's context dependent, like right now in the the month that we're in, we're like, oh, oh, God. But, you know, in this moment, I'm like grateful to be here, connected with you, you know, feeling present and, you know, enjoying the time that we're having because it is what is happening. It is, you know, this, this connection is in ways the only thing that we're experiencing right now. And it's beautiful and wonderful. And I'm very grateful for it. And also for me, like on the, the largest side of things, like the infinite side of things, I'm also optimistic or at least, you know, I know that there is not nothing that I can do because I'm part of the infinite everything. So all that I can do are the things that I'm doing, like on the local level, you know, like think universal, act local. <laughs> and, and so I'm, I know that, uh, you know, like my grandmother just passed away and I've been reading about death. Uh, I've been thinking about, I think about death a lot, uh, as a concept and it's, it's calming in ways and it's calming to see i've been reading a lot of things by like older people like i read ram das's book called still here which he wrote or at least finished after he had a stroke and it was about his coming to term with uh gaining age and like losing mobility but also being present and aware of of those changes and accepting them accepting what was and i'm reading a book by ursula Le Guin now uh, who i love who wrote this a book of essays or a collection of things that she wrote in her i think late 70s and or into her 80s and it's about you know also like some of the themes are accepting the reality uh of change of the present moment and like so it's nice to see you know older and wiser people uh you know sort of confronting or struggling with or accepting uh, and presenting like living with and sharing the same kinds of philosophical topics that we can only speculate about in advance but we can also like i'm thinking about like oh i wonder i wonder what it's like to be someone else like oh i wonder what it's like to be this someone and you know you i can explore i can investigate i can look at my feelings i can listen to myself i can i can write i can sing i can create i can talk to others i can meditate i can rest i can do all these things in the moment and also look outside myself to you know my family my community my country my world you know my species my like earthling set fellows you know and do what i can like as myself for myself and for for my loved ones for my friends for acquaintances for my strangers <laughs> uh where my where my strangers at and so it's like an accordion like of all space and time from the moment out to literally all of space and time all of the moments and you know we're whatever one you're in like is okay like it's all it's okay to paint or to not paint it's okay to you know what whatever it is like you can start from like pay my children wrote a book called you know start where you are and it's that's good advice like wherever you are you can start and you're in the middle of something and you can look back at you know, what did you draw when you were a child i love that so much you know and what do you what do you draw now do you want to draw now like what do you draw on for strength do you like that words can mean different things like enjoy my comedy i'm more than that uh and yeah i guess just i am 
in the moment content and also on the largest scale because of how small I am. Uh, also, I'm like, I'm just, you know, a, the tiniest uh, fragment, the tiniest speck in all of space time, as are we all. And so I'm like, oh, wow. Like, you know, it's a giant, a giant universe and a tiny us and also in a, a full-sized consciousness that we all are experiencing each that adds up to the whole thing. Uh, so I don't know if that's practically helpful, but I guess, you know, if you, if you think that is practically helpful, then great. And if you don't, then what do you think would be practically helpful? What, <laughs> and let, let me know. And uh, you're probably right also. Yeah. I've, you can get in touch at Mike Kaplan, M-Y-Q-K-A-P-L-A-N on Twitter. And uh, just search it, probably take it in a number of different things of platforms and websites, et cetera, where you can uh, message Mike directly if you have, and you can true. message me also. And uh, Mike, this was, as always, just a treat, man. Just, it's really great oh. to connect during this, especially. I always have very sound, soothing thoughts, and um, I appreciate them. 100%. I'm, oh, I'm glad. And I just remembered, can I tell you one thing that I forgot to say? Yeah. I, I know we're, we're winding down, but uh, in the discussion of uh, this is the way it is. And so this is the way it's going to be. There's like a conflation of descriptive and prescriptive. Like as a, a student of linguistics, people often like, oh, you're, are you going to tell me like how I'm supposed to talk? Like that I'm talking incorrectly. And linguists look at how people have spoken, how people do speak and describe it. And that, and it, because we all learn how to speak like, without even being taught, we just learn by listening. And that's how we learn to be as well. And so if we have prescriptions for ourselves, like I'm going to do this, like I'm going to accomplish this, I'm going to write this or create this, I'm going to be this kind of thing. Like the, one of the best ways for me, it has, that's always been helpful like let's say as a comedian to be like what kind of comedy do i want to write some people might think about their brand what's my brand which i feel like is, the question is like what's the kind of thing that i might say <laughs> and and how do you how do i figure out what i might say is i'll look back at what i did say like like all the times that somebody's been like hey mike that was funny the thing that you just said there that is interesting or unique or different or fascinating like have you thought about exploring that and you can do that for yourself be like oh like why did i think this thing why did this jump out at me why did like oh this is i i can you can you can explore any path especially paths that you've already explored you definitely can explore those because you did explore them and you can bring like new insight new older wiser insight to paths that you traveled when you were younger to childhood you know art that you created when you were younger and create adult childhood art um so be descriptive about who you have been, which doesn't mean you that is prescriptive about who you're going to be. Like if you describe certain things that you like, then certainly prescribe those moving forward. Oh, yeah. Take two more of those good characteristics and call me in the morning. But for if you've been ways that aren't your favorite, you know, try to take a break from those. <laughs> Don't prescribe those. That's great, man. I had that a few years ago. Well, maybe it was longer than that, but I was visiting a relative and she had a bunch of things I had made when I was a kid, like up on her walls, which really took me back a little bit. And I was like, oh, I think I, I in my mind, I never thought of myself as like a kid that was always like with crayons and pencils and paints and things. And then I saw those and I could instantly remember like 
where I was when I was doing some of them or how I would always find time to sketch out something and be like, oh, I think this is a little bit more of who I am than... I, I don't know. I always think of like people that are very artsy. It's like, that's all they ever did from the time they were kids. And it's just who they are. And then I saw that and was like, Oh, I think I've always done that. I just never viewed that in myself. I thought that, you know, it was a later in life kind of thing that I took into, but it, it wasn't. So, Oh yeah. Those if, are helpful. Uh, if you have the thought like, Oh, I, I can't do art all the time because I didn't do art all the time. Well, that's going to make you do art even less. It's like yeah. that thing, uh, think you can or think you can't. Either way, you'll be right. Yep. Yeah, and, you, and it's weird that you need some validation. I like when people are like, I'm 53 and I'm just learning guitar for the first time. Like, good. Nothing should stop you from doing anything like that. There's no reason to be like, well, I didn't start when I was eight, so I, I'm a faker. What? You can do anything. So... Hopefully people are taking this time to do some of those things. And regardless of if if it wasn't uh, who you were before, if it's always been in the back of your mind, like, I'd like to just try it. I think. Oh, yeah. Even more so if you're an adult and you choose it for yourself, where like you're your own parent. Like I did start playing the violin when I was four, but it wasn't my choice. In fact, I actively resisted it. But I'm grateful that my mom made me. But it wasn't anything about my own character, anything about my own nature. It was that my mother nurtured me. And I'm, I'm lucky that she did because that led me to love music and then get into comedy, which I've chosen for myself as an adult. But if you as an adult start deciding to learn something or teach yourself something or take lessons or begin a new art or craft like in some ways that's even even better like your to more to your credit like it's harder to do and it takes more courage and you know it wasn't gifted to you early on so you're 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 creating your own bootstraps to pull yourself up by <laughs> yeah i saw uh, months ago i saw this girl riding Toward the coast. She was a ways out. She was by the 405 freeway uh, in California, in Los Angeles, which, if you know, that's at least a mile, if not two, probably more so from the Venice Beach. And she was uh, riding a bicycle with a surfboard kind of hanging off the side. And she was going over like some pretty rough, potholy type of uh, surface. And just as I drove up next to her, I don't know who I was expecting to see, but when I looked over, just like a very nondescript could have been from anywhere girl just riding her bike didn't have like a sun bleached face that looked like she'd lived by the beach her whole life but wasn't so like pale that it looked like it was her first time doing this could have been anyone and i was like did she grow up here and this is just culturally what she's always known or was she someone from like ohio that was like i just know after i'm done with whatever high school community college college whatever i'm gonna give it a go of being a surf bum and I'd like to think it was one of those things. More so, I think the latter that's more inspiring that she was like, because she could then be 50, 70, whatever, talking to some, her friends and or a niece or nephew or her own grandchildren, whatever, and saying like, yeah, I just, this was in my blood and I did it and I've been here ever since. And they'd be like, our grandma's cool. She grew up in flat Ohio, moved out here, has been surfing ever since. She's the raddest. I like it. I do too. And then I think that becomes, to those kids, that becomes culturally something they could do. Oh, we're a surf family. Why? Well, because our grandmother, on a whim, started it years ago. You don't know what you could be starting if you really dig in and find out what you truly might like doing. Start a surf dynasty. (laughs) 
Well, I had this thought about you. You have a new CD coming out. We haven't even talked about that at all, but you have a new one coming out. And um, maybe you can talk into some of the, the people that support this show through Patreon, maybe at the higher levels, like $10. Maybe we can get them a sneak peek. You haven't in any way agreed to that. I just floated it out. But Oh, yeah. I'm trying to I think, think I, can, I can get you uh, one track of it when we the pre-release starts April 17th. And if you pre-order it uh, at that point, you will get a track from from it so i think we can certainly authorize the release of at least the first track that you would get for doing that to see if you want to do that uh but yeah that would be that would be wonderful i'd love to have a conversation uh about it or just offer that to you and you can I'll, I'll send you a link to the whole thing you can listen to it you can talk about it and we'll get a track that people can listen to it comes out may 8th uh for in full form and pre-order starts April 17th, and the album is called AKA. And I thank you for uh, your generosity. Hell yeah. Well, look out for AKA, get that pre pre order, and um, Mike, keep making cool stuff. Thanks for making all the things you make, man. Thank you. And the same to you, my friend. I really appreciate it and you and all. Likewise. Well, I'm sorry about your grandmother. I hope your girlfriend heals up and that you guys stay safe through the rest of this ordeal. Same to you, my friend. All right, buddy. I'll talk to you soon. Talk to you soon. See ya. Bye. I hope that helped. I think it would. It seems like it would. It was such a... uh, Mike has such a great outlook on things. Very very, uh, zen or... I feel like... uh, Approaching it or pursuing it, as we mentioned. The pursuit of zen can be helpful. I always like to hear from him and people that have a similar outlook during times like this. So if you're getting a little too caught up in the chaos... Uh, maybe the negative swirl or just the maddening misinformation and or outright lying that you sometimes hear. Just try to think on that chat and hopefully that is helpful. Again, thanks to Jeremy for the, uh, and everyone who supports the show on Patreon. I'll, I'll put some stuff in there soon, maybe even some solo stuff of me just chatting a little bit. I'll try to avoid that as much as possible during this because I, I don't know that we need everyone's individual thoughts during this, but I do think there's value in the conversation and maybe just telling a story that's irrelevant to <laughs> the the pandemic. That could be helpful as well. But anyway, this show is made possible by contributions from listeners just like you. Um, Dan sent me um, a documentary that he wanted me to promote. And now I'm seeing that I don't have it queued up here. I'll post that next week or I'll, I'll look for it on Twitter or even on maybe the spacecave.com to try to spread the word about that. And thoughts as always with him and Ashley and Gene Hospod. And let's get out of here with some music. And this is um, a guy we lost this week who I don't know that everyone would know about. I don't know how much the, the waters would cross from this show and this artist. However, when I was a kid, uh, country music leading up to, especially maybe even in all the way into like the early 90s, country gold, the greatest genre of music. And it, it means the most to me. I don't know if it's what I listen to the most all the time these days, but when I hear it, it means a lot to me. And this guy had some beauties, and he was kind of the first known um, artist to to die specifically related to this virus, and that sucks. It seems like a genuinely nice dude. Had some, he had uh, this song I used to love as a kid called uh, Pickup Man. 
Here, here's some of it. I got my first truck when I was three, drove 100,000 miles on my knees. I hauled marbles and rocks and thought twice before I hauled a Barbie doll bed for the girl next door. She tried to pay me with a kiss and I began to understand something women like about a pickup man. Come on. Give me that country gold all day long. Uh, pickup man's a great song. John Deere Green wrote Billy Bob Love Charlene. Some beauties. Really like old-timey down-home, uh, just classic country gold. This one, even if you don't like uh, country music, there's something very like Americana about this song I think you'll like, and maybe it'll resonate during a time like this. We're all thinking of back on our lives, our childhoods, etc. Maybe wanting to go home a little bit. This song is called Home. Um, we'll miss you, Joe Diffie. Thanks for contributing some great stuff. Sorry this stupid virus took you away and it's likely to happen to more people and we'll try to celebrate as many of them as possible during this it might get to the point where it's overwhelming and there's multiple per week we're also sending out some warm wishes this week to john prine hope he hangs in there because it just is going to be overwhelming if it starts to be too many people whose work we really love so anyway uh here's home from joe diffie thanks for stopping by the space cave the only thing I see ahead is just the heat arising off the road. The rainbows I've been chasing keep on fading before I find my pot of gold. And more and more I'm thinking that the only treasures that I'll ever know are long ago and far behind Wrapped up in my memories of home Home was a swimming hole And a fishing pole And the feel of a muddy road Between my toes Home was a back porch swing Where I would sit And mom would sing Amazing Grace while she hung out the clothes Home was an easy chair With my daddy there And the smell of Sunday supper On the stove My footsteps carry me away But in my mind I'm always going home Now the miles I put behind me ain't as hard as the miles that lay ahead. And it's way too late to listen to the words of wisdom that my daddy said. The straight and narrow path he showed me turned into a thousand winding roads. My footsteps carry me away, but in my mind I'm always going home. Home was a swimming hole and a fishing pole and the feel of a muddy road between my toes. Home was a backboard swing where I would sit and mom would sing amazing grace. While she hung out the clothes Home was an easy chair With my daddy there And the smell of Sunday supper On the stove My footsteps came
But in my mind I'm always going home The straight and narrow path he showed me Turned into a thousand winding roads My footsteps carry me away But in my mind I'm always going home 